rookie, book writing expert and writer, I help you overcome the fear of writing and publishing your book. And if you wish to write your own story, I created a free resource for you to find out if your story is worth telling. You'll find the link in the show notes. And please share this podcast with a friend who you know is thinking of starting to write for a very long time. That today's episode I'd like to dedicate to my wonderful translator from London, Abigail Graham, because she has already beautifully translated the first part of my book, Living Without Fear, from German into English, and she is now working on the second part of the book. I'm so grateful to have her as my translator, and today, I'd like to share with you a small part of my book. So let's start with the chapter, Fear Came at Night. Mom, I called, Mom. I was lying in my little wooden bed. I was about three years old and badly frightened. It was pitch dark in my room. Mom, she didn't come. My fear of lying alone in the dark grew. You often used to cry at night, my mother told me years later. But I couldn't always be getting up. I left you to cry and at some point you stopped. As you got bigger, you started climbing out of your cot and wanting to sleep in our bed. But that wasn't an option. I couldn't get a proper sleep. I know, Mom, I remember how I put all my strength into climbing over the cot rails with my short little legs, how I Grabbed my way along the long corridor to my parents' bedroom, only to be carried back to my room by my mother. For years, I couldn't understand why my mother had acted that way. I was mad at her for not being able to give me the warmth and love that I wanted so much. For years, I still had a feeling of immense hopelessness in spite of all the hours I spent sitting in psychotherapists' clinics or lying on an analyst's couch. All the tears I'd shed and all the analysis of myself and my family. Again and again, I slipped into the bottomless pit if there had been an easy way to end my life, I would have done it. I thought about it for the first time when I was about 16. And I had these thoughts for the last time just a few years ago. I didn't understand why I had to be so sensitive or why I had so many problems in my life. My mother, a war child, 
when I was pregnant with you, towards the end, you kicked so wildly into the wall of my belly, my mother told me, that I sometimes had to jab you with my elbow to make you quieten down again. Why didn't my mother have a sense of what I and my younger brother needed, of what a child needed? My mother was just four when the Second World War broke out. She was the third girl in a family that really needed a strong boy because her father was ill. They lived in Germany near the Swiss border three quarters of an hour's drive from Basel. Their wartime stories made a strong impression on me when I was a child. At the same time, I identified with my mother's overriding feeling, which was a massive hopelessness. Her family owned a small farm with a Wainwright's workshop various meadows that they leased out, a pig, a few goats, and a lot of rabbits. During the war, my mother told me over and over again, we always had to give away some of what we had, goats or rabbits, which were distributed to others who had less than we did. When one of the military inspections came to our house, my mother would hide the newborn goat in our bed when we were sick. She also told me how, as a child, she had to go into the forest with the school to pick beech nuts from which a kind of coffee substitute was made, or how she earned a little pocket money by picking potato beetles off the plants in the field. Her stories left me with a deep sadness. I would have liked to erase her childhood memories and replace them with something happier. The misery she experienced in her childhood made me feel faint. I almost couldn't bear it. When I was the same age as my mother was then, a school child, my brother and I went back to spend part of the summer holidays with her family, my grandparents, my mother's brother's family, and my cousins. It was the day when the pig was slaughtered because it had been fattened up. Early in the morning, my uncle and his helpers set up in the yard a huge tub which they filled with hot water. Then the butcher came and stabbed the pig. It screamed like it was on fire. Come on, my mother said, let's go and watch in the yard. She didn't understand that I found this absolutely horrific. Don't carry on so, she always used to say when I cried. I covered my ears, but I could hear the pig's screams from as far away as the kitchen where I had taken refuge.
I felt completely misunderstood. My feelings didn't count. Today, I realized that my mother could not empathize with me because her feelings hadn't been taken seriously when she was a child either. She didn't mean to re react to me like that. She didn't know any better. Even when my guinea pig stopped eating because his back canines had grown too long and my mother asked someone we knew to bring his gun and shoot him, my mother did not understand my reaction at all. I was so unhappy, but she could not relate to my feelings and comfort me. She had never been comforted either. As a child, she had only rarely experienced rays of hope, perhaps when there was a piece of Swiss chocolate on the kitchen table. My mother's family was related to my father's family way back in the umpteenth generation. And so from time to time during the war, my father's Swiss family sent my mother's German family a package of food and chocolate for the children. When the war was over, my mother was sent to my father's family who ran a health food store in Basel as a domestic helper to show appreciation for their support during the war. That's how my parents got to know each other. My mother had never known what it was like to have mother-daughter chats, and she never got to know it later either. Perhaps that was why I was always so afraid when I wanted to talk to my mother about something unpleasant. I always knew which things were unpleasant without being told. I remember sitting in my room and trying out different conversation starters. My heart would pound and my legs shake as I stood in front of my mother and squeezed out a first sentence. I was always happy when I didn't have to discuss anything with my mother. I never shared anything about my life with her either. She didn't know what I thought, what I felt about anything, or what I was up to. I'm sure she picked up on a lot, but I never told her any details. So this was a small part of my upcoming book, Living Without Fear. I hope you liked it and maybe it resonated in some way with you. If you like to write your own biography, and if you are doubting that your story isn't worth telling, go to www.estherbuerke.com slash mymanostory. You'll find the link in the show notes of this podcast. And please share this podcast with someone who wishes to overcome fear as well. Thank you so much for your help. 
to make this podcast known to all the people who are suffering with fear. Have an outstanding day.